Welcome to The Voice of Retail. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc. This podcast is brought to you in conjunction with Retail Council of Canada. Canadian retailer Joydrop was just named 2022 Independent Retail Ambassador of the Year by Retail Council of Canada. Sashi Bell, Joydrop's CEO and founder, is my special guest for this episode. As an entrepreneur with a passion for jewelry, sharing creator stories, and advocating for women in business, Shashi has a history of partnering with other women leaders in business. When Shashi opened Joydrop, a retailer that sells unique jewelry and accessories, she infused her new business with the ethos that it be a platform for female designers, local, national, and international, to showcase their designs and tell their stories. Let's listen in now. Sashi, welcome to the Voice of Retail podcast. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me join you, Michael. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on becoming RCC's uh, Independent Retail Ambassador of the Year 2022. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, we were pretty exciting and it was a a lovely phone call to receive. I'm not going to lie. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, the next phone call is all the uh, responsibilities (laughs) that come with wearing the crown, of course. Oh, right. That'll be the call after store conference. I'm kidding. Um, no, that's fantastic news. So I wanted to jump on the microphone uh, with you and and uh, and learn about you and learn about your business. And now let's start with the easy stuff. Where am I finding you today? Thank you. Well, we our Joy Drop is based in Calgary, Alberta. So that is where I am today. Excitedly looking forward to um, the se- next season of hockey. It should be good. <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> What what goes on? I mean, the way hockey's stretching out, we could be talking about this till August. We could, you know, but just even from a retail front, honestly, uh, all joking aside, having Calgary and Edmonton in in the playoffs or round mm. two, really good for all businesses. Uh, we know you're in Calgary, but other than that, tell us a little bit about yourself, your personal professional journey, and uh, what brought you to to Joy Drop. Talk uh, all about that. Sure. Yeah. Well, how much time do you have? Um, Joy Drop is actually my fourth retail banner. I it came out of um, my last one, which was Twisted Goods, and we had built that to ten stores. But just towards the end of my time at Twisted Goods, I realized, you know, we just need, we want we started putting in some Canadian jewelry into the store, and it really was a question came down to numbers. The, the jewelry that we had was taking up about 5% of our square footage. And um, it was actually 20, 23% of our sales. So you go, okay, there's something there that's definitely a, a niche that's not being captured in, in mm-hmm. Alberta. So we sort of we expanded on that. Interesting. Now, now yeah. tell me about the, the concept of Twisted Goods. So what was the other 95% yeah. of the assortment? Um, it was a gift store. So Twisted Goods, it still exists. So yeah, I ended up selling that about eight years ago. And that is a very eclectic gift store, gift stores in where also mall based. I definitely have a model. Um, and Joy Drop sort of follows in on that same We We are in Western Canada. So winter is eight months of the year. We're very aware of that. And that makes, mm. that places us in mall spaces for sure. Yeah, right. And and did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Did did retail come to you naturally? Like, talk about a little bit about your background. Yeah. Were you were you were you merchandising the sandbox when you were growing up? Like, like how how did, how you did that work? Yeah. You know, I remember my parents tell me that even when I was a kid, I would be like, I want to be an importer exporter. I had no idea what that meant. But <laughs> Who says that as a kid, I, I want to be an importer exporter. Come on, where'd you get that from? I That's had no cool. idea. But you know, 
saying we we came you know we i grew up in small town saskatchewan and my dad was a teacher and also had a side business he sold educational supplies mail order educational supplies all over canada so we ended up you know, helping out in that. And I was always the one when we were doing catalogs trying to, okay, we can be more efficient at this. Let's pull out the table and, and put the stapler here. And, and then I got to a point, my dad would pay us buy the catalog, 10 cents a catalog that we had, you know, all packed up and put it in an envelope. So I got my sister and brother into this and I paid them eight cents a catalog. <laughs> and that was Arbit- my, wait a minute. You're yeah. arbitrage. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. You were arbitraging the family. On the catalog. That's, that's amazing. A hundred percent. So I would say, uh, I don't know if it's retail as much as it's business, but what I love about retail is I don't know any other industry that actually encompasses absolutely just every pillar of business and you have to be so good at it. Mm. You you just can't let one of those pillars come down. So, um, that's what I really love about it. You know, I, I, I just did an interview with uh, Andrew Willis from the Globe and Mail. He's written a book called Unprecedented, talking to CEOs about the COVID era. And at the end, I asked him, you know, has this changed the way you report on business? Get, you know, getting to know the, the CEOs. And he said, you know, like, I, I have a greater appreciation for how many things need to happen or go right to get a simple product on a shelf. Right. I think that's what you're reflecting. Right. Retail just encompasses so many moving parts all at the same time. It absolutely does. You know, it, it isn't just branding. It isn't just logistics. It isn't mm-hmm. just sales. It isn't just marketing. It is all of them at the right time flowing together and then hoping to get into the hands of a client that just loves it. Yeah. And then, and then creating that, that wonderful momentum or, or changing the direction of the momentum, whatever, whichever, whichever comes first. Talk about Joydrop. What's the concept, yeah. uh, scope and scale? What makes you remarkable? Talk all about Joydrop. Okay. Well, what makes us remarkable? What makes us remarkable is we have a very good team, but that goes without saying. Um, Joydrop is a jewelry store for women. It's uh, run by women, made for women to shop. We have four locations plus, plus our digital, uh, digital platform, which also a little embarrassed to say that didn't become that didn't become as robust as it is had COVID not hit. So we definitely mm-hmm. had our work cut out for us. We have locations in Calgary and Red Deer. And what we do is we, I really describe it, it's a jewelry store for sure. We sell jewelry, but I describe it as a platform for women to tell their stories. We look all over for uh, up and coming female designers and then we display them all over the store, obviously. But we make sure that their story is shared on the why, what you know, what drives them. And each designer has their own little separate area. Um, kind. And what we find is that that has really resonated with our customers. And you know, to sell you a necklace doesn't excite me at all. But to see you leave with a necklace for whoever you're coming in to buy it for, knowing that there was a story behind it and you're excited to tell that story to your loved one. That is the exciting part of what we do. Um, and that's our big culture part. So when I say our team, our team 100% backs us up. And they look for, and then it empowers them to go out and look for different designers and, and bring them forward. Oh, that's interesting. As, so, yeah. so if I was standing in your store, it's not merchandised by category. It's not the rings are here, the, no. the bracelets are here. It's, it's merchandised by creator, by maker. A hundred percent, yeah, by, by the designer. And then we also have our own. We have a few internal lines as well mm-hmm. that as we have progressed um, through our journey, we've started you know, our core collections. But for the most part, I would say 70% of our, our merchandise is designer. 
And and how much work is it? I guess it's a two part question because how much work was it, and how much work uh, was it during the COVID era, and how much work is it on an ongoing basis to find these you know these creators? I mean, it, it, do you go to shows or do you do you just scan the news? Like how do you how do you yeah. seek out the right fit for designers? Yeah, you know, I think to some degree that like that's the part I love, the curation of the product. And so that still sits with me for the most part on what the final decisions are and what we put in. But yeah, you said we, there's shows, as you know, in our industry, there's, there's um, uh, some great shows all over the world. We try and gift hit some of the little more gift shows and jewelry. There's specific jewelry sto- shows. We try to hit a little bit more of the obscure ones as well. You know, go to Austin, which isn't a mm. bad thing, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, just to get a little bit more eclectic. Mm. And uh, so... That's one avenue. The other avenue, like you said, is, yeah, voracious readers and and seeing what's coming up on trends. And if someone has, you know, maybe hit... Uh, hit a style editor's eye because they're also trying to look for what's up and coming. Sure. We'll sure. go out and, and try and approach them that way. And then, like I said, it's our team It's and it's word of mouth. And now we're at a place too, which is a lovely place to be. With the four stores, we've got a little bit of traction that people now come to us as well and ask us to take a look at their designs. So that's good and bad because I hate saying no. Yeah. You know, but... (laughs) Now, is there just a last detail from a merchandising perspective? Is there a price point, a magic price point for you? Mm -hmm. What's your span of of good, Mm -hmm. better, best in, in the store? Yeah, for sure. Our sweet spot is that $125 to $199. That's that. We do have different price buckets, but that's definitely our sweet spot. All right. Interesting. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, all right. So uh, once again, you're, you're RCC's 2022 Independent Retail Ambassador of the Year. How did you get the call? What was that like getting the call? Did you did you know it was coming? And and just to talk about what yeah. you think it might mean to the business and, and for your, for your uh, accomplishments in your career. Well, I had no idea it was coming. Um, so Michelle from RCC called. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that I was in a meeting and the call came, then another call right away, and then another call. Wow, what is this? Something, somebody really wants to get a hold of me. And, um, you know, after the meeting, I called and she goes, well, I just wanted to tell you. Oh my gosh, this was so, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I had a little shriek for sure. And the big thing is, what, what does it mean? It means a big party for our team. A very big party for our team. We're actually planning that for mid-June because, um, well, us, like everyone else, have not gone out for the last two and a half years, and there does not seem like a better reason to have a celebration. So we're going all out and celebrating our team. Oh, fantastic. Um, let's let's talk about the role of community in your, in your business. You've mm-hmm. talked about designers and, and featuring designers, but I think you also have community both within your store and, and outward facing. Talk about it, the role of community in, in uh, you know, building a community who will shop for you online, which is also important, but uh, again, I, uh, how you build your community outward facing. Yeah, I, I, I think I know what you mean. When, you know, we, community, oh, sorry, I'm going to go back, um, saying that this is my fourth banner and that doesn't happen in isolation, nothing happens in isolation and and i'm very aware of that that it's been it's been a journey of a lot of people along the way holding their hand out and saying try this try this try this mm-hmm. so you know personally i belong to a couple of business groups like uh, eo and that has been absolutely vital in my growth as a business person and then 
and then there's a community with our team and our designers. And then there's a community with our, our um, need to also give back. So we are, we do all have, it's all women led designs which is very important. So what we also do is we work with making changes and we ensure that, you know, any jewelry that we are no longer, instead of putting it on sale, we donate it to making changes. So, and that is for women who have new women to Canada that are going out for interviews. So they just have something to make them feel good because we all, you know, so I guess there's, I feel like there's three prongs to community. It's, is one of the more vital pieces for us. And then the other thing, just by virtue of what we do in jewelry, we are able to create concepts and collaborations with um, our community and for the, for the goal of fundraising. So our last one was just with director and it was director is a nonprofit that works with the Y and they uh, help women get board ready basically, because as we all know that we get, um, we need more women on boards and, and Mm -hmm. so it's bringing those skill set, skill set to a whole different um, gender, I guess. Let's talk about social media. So, mm-hmm. you know, I talk to retailers and, and uh, social media, very important. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, of course. And, and in some ways, how much more money to give to the platforms versus how much perhaps to invest in expertise within your own team to master the platforms. Where do you, where do you sit on social media and how do you approach it? Oh, okay. That, I read that question as well. And it's a beast. I don't yeah. know how to describe it other than it's a beast. Yeah. You know, we, it feels like it takes social media or the digital platforms take up the majority of our marketing discussions now, without a doubt they do. Um, we don't actually use, as you know, the marketing the essence of marketing and, and the way you put it together, that's all changed or that's all the same. If we were advertising on a newspaper or billboards or radio, we don't do any of that anymore. It's all mm-hmm. social media for sure. And, uh, but, but you know, what it keeps on happening is these dang algorithms change. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. the, you know, the girls are like, Oh, well, this is not working anymore. And this is not working. So it just feels I, honestly, to be on, I feel like we're constantly behind the eight ball as far mm-hmm. as social media. And I, I, you know, you try and lead people through it. At the same time, thinking in the back of your head, I am not sure how to tame this beast either. Mm. But it's it's a constant learning. Um, I guess your question is, what is the importance of social media in in our world? It's vital. Uh, you know, mm. we are we sell something that looks very good on social media as well. So, and um, we also we are able to use it to show people how to style. So it's a big part of our business. And you want it to be aspirational too, right? An aspirational kind of lends itself to a Snapchat or an Insta, you know, those kind of things, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. 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 What about, what about influencer marketing? Is that something you're, you're taking on at a a small level or a bigger level? I I spent uh, a fair bit of time running Pandora jewelry where we had, you know, influencers, multiple levels of influencer strategies, but is, is it something you can approach or is it just too much to take on? Oh, did you? You know, gosh, I would love to pick your brain about that. Mm -hmm. Um, That is actually the conversation that's just coming now in the last sort of six months. I would say we're dipping our toe into the influencer Mm -hmm. market and not Mm -hmm. knowing what that means. So, you know, an an influencer is such a broad word where we are also back to our, our ethos of our, just our value system. We're aware that we're in an industry that sort of just sits on the edge of fashion. And we don't also want to be ever doing anything that makes someone feel bad. So that's always part of our conversation in the context of social media. Mm. A start and stop. We start like every meeting 
talks about, okay, is someone going to perceive this? If a young woman is, is looking at this, is she going to feel bad about herself? And if there's even one person around the table that says something, it's like, no, scrap it. Um, and that, so, so there's, there's, uh, we haven't saying that, then we haven't really got into the paid, heavily paid influencer mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. We sort of our our strategy right now is looking at influencers as women that are doing great things back, back into their community. Like the Calgary, we have a lot of Olympic athletes, uh, just by virtue of being in Calgary. So we approach and, you know, have them wear jewelry and then, and just, see if they will tag us. So that's kind of the extent of our influencer piece, but we are approaching the word influence as not as women that are doing things more than um, just looking good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to say Yo, that. No, I think, I think that's very sound. I mean, I think it's a very savvy approach. I mean, you've got to, whatever you do, you know, I, I would say to anyone, you've got to be in line with your brand values, right? And that's mm-hmm. where it gets you know, there gets a lot of a, what, what feels right to you from a brand value perspective is kind of the first stop on the, on the bus, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as an indie, let's talk about, um, a couple of things that help you stand apart. Uh, and one or two things perhaps that you might want to change, you know, that could be at the government level that could be how people see you i mean consumers kind of go back and forth on shopping indies but you know i guess it's a two-part question you know what you know what what is helpful to you maybe you could say for example um you know technology is is much easier than it used to be you know it's a you can get Mm -hmm. pretty sophisticated stuff but at the same time it can be so much choices overwhelming and and structurally is there anything you'd boy if you had a magic wand and you wave that magic wand the following things would would change. So talk about that. Yeah. You know, um, I guess you you sort of brought up government and um, Mm -hmm. I'm not a big lobby person, but definitely during COVID, we really, you know, we were more involved and the subsidies helped us. Mm -hmm. I think from the government standpoint, we are in an industry that is not a high paying industry. We're there with the restaurant and, you know, the restaurant and the retail industry for our front front facing teams. They, we all know they don't get paid a heck of a lot of money. So, I think um, from an indie perspective, what COVID, I also feel what it did for us as a society, really realizing how much we rely, enjoy the fab, the tapestry that it makes of our community and how it makes us, you know, it just makes us more joyful in life because there's Mm. a difference between going through five indie stores and enjoying your afternoon and going into a bigger box store. Not that they don't have their place, but it's not the same experience. And, and you could see people really got behind the smaller store when they, when it was in front of them, that, that small store, that small restaurant may not be there in a week. If some things don't change hmm. from the government standpoint, I, I really wish that some of their programs were more about job creation on the independent market and not giving it to people like Serb. I obviously was not a big fan of Serb. I think it didn't serve our, our, country very well. I was a bigger fan of, of giving it to employers to create jobs and hire people back. Um, I think that we can do more of that kind of program and initiative with mm-hmm. governments. And then the other thing I would love in Canada, retail is not considered a career. And for the life of me, yeah. I do not know why. Uh, we started this on the business. You need to know so many facets of business, all mm-hmm. the facets of business. Mm-hmm. In the States, it's a viable career to be in retail. In Canada, it's a stepping stone onto your next thing. And I think that comes from our education system and how we are, talk about retail. All right. Advice to your fellow retailers. I, I frame this in the two starts and one stop. 
mm-hmm. from your experience, uh, from your great experience, things that um, people may be thinking of getting into independent retail or perhaps are in it and looking for to share some advice, two things they should start doing. And one thing maybe that you or you would advise them to stop doing or that you stop doing just because it just doesn't work anymore. What are your okay. thoughts? Well, uh, the two things is, I guess the one for sure is just do it, you know, go in. If you haven't started, there's never a right time to start a business. It's always the right time to start a business. It's kind of like having a baby. <laughs> so, <laughs> Or planting a tree, right? The right yeah, time to yeah. plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today, right? Kind of. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I would say just start. Um, the other, the next thing that starts is know your numbers. Um, mm. You need to know your numbers. Retail is detail. You hear it all the time. And uh, the numbers are, I call it the hub, and then everything spokes out from that. And the margins are so tight in it that you can't, you can't let that go to someone else and then just sort of glance at it once or twice a year and hope you're doing well. Mm. So that's something I would really um, emphasize. And then the stop, that's a hard one. Uh, I, I would say maybe the stop, it's also another start is just keep on going with technology. As you said, there are so many different things that are supposed to make our life easier, but uh, they don't. I guess, I guess the stop would be, you don't have to have all of them. You just have mm-hmm. to have the right one. So you have to take some time to research and put together a plan of how you want your logistical system to look and then go out and find those apps just because someone says it's a great thing for them. It may not be a great thing for you. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky. On the one hand, it's, you know, I, I launched Hudson's Bay e-commerce in 2000 and it it, it, it cost us like a, you know, seven figures just to take a credit card online. So a lot of that is gone, right? (laughs) A lot of that, you know, a lot of folks at any level can have pretty powerful stuff but there the, there is a tyranny of choice right there's a, it, it can be overwhelming so i love your advice kind of see what fits you and have it, you know talk to your fellow independent retailers and and uh, and of course of course always when you can come to retail council of canada events because we talk about that stuff all the time oh um, yeah there's you know, great advice there yeah all right last question what's next for joy drop so are you looking at expanding more online or more stores or different assortment. Uh, Can you share what you're thinking? What comes next? Yeah. You know what? We think we have, um, I don't think bricks and mortar is going anywhere. I think it's going to look different, but I don't think it's going, I don't think it's going to totally diminish. So we have definite, we definitely have room for a few more locations. I think though, what we will do is they will be temporary, more pop-up style locations with the goal now of moving people to buy online and, you know, pop up for six months, 12 months, and then move them, like I said, have that, have a better way. And so that goes back to that social media, digital presence. Uh, That is where all of our time is being spent right now. So before COVID, I know I'd say the fundamental change for Joydrop was before COVID, we were definitely older school. Our digital platform was, was made to move people to the stores. Mm. After COVID, our digital platform, our, the stores are meant to move people to the digital platform. Huge Mm. shift in strategy. It's a really interesting discussion that we're all having around the role of, um, you know, physical stores as customer acquisition tactics, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a really interesting discussion. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And, and thanks for so much for joining me on the Voice of Retail podcast. A real treat to meet you uh, on the microphone, so to speak. And uh, I look for, are you making the journey to Toronto for the awards? We are, yes. Myself, my operations manager, and also my husband. So we are coming. 
Exciting. Well, I'll see you there. Uh, we get to meet in person, so I'll make sure and say hi when when uh, at the awards. And and uh, again, wish you uh, wish you well and congratulations. But for now, thanks for joining me on the Voice of Retail podcast. Real treat to uh, to talk with you, and I wish you continued success and a great rest of your day. Thank you very much, Michael. This was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into this special episode of the Voice of Retail. If you haven't already, be sure and click and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so new episodes will land automatically twice a week. And check out my other retail industry media properties, the Remarkable Retail Podcast, Conversations with Commerce Next Podcast, and the Food Professor Podcast with Dr. Sylvain Charlebois. Last but not least, if you're into barbecue, check out my all-new YouTube barbecue show, Last Request Barbecue, with new episodes each and every week. I'm your host, Michael LeBlanc, president of Emmy LeBlanc Company and Maven Media. And if you're looking for more content or want to chat, follow me on LinkedIn or visit my website at emmyleblanc.co. Have a safe week, everyone.